it's about that time. For the inside trip. You know that nasty trip. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Are you ready? You better be ready, bro. If you're about to get inside trip. And we're back. What's up, wrestling fans? Oh, baby, baby. Yeah, wrestling fans, we are back. This is episode number 34 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. You know me, Brandon Olinger, and as always, joined alongside co-host, my friend, and your entertainment, Ben Watson. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Woo, don't wind up on your back. Yeah, I tell you what. Speaking of winding up on your back. I, I'll, I'll tell you something going to put the, put somebody on their back. We got a guest coming at you tonight that has got the ability to put some people on their back. And we hope they do so next month at the 2017 World Championships in Paris. Best inside trip. I mean, I've seen in a minute. One of the best in the game for sure. Oh, dude. All right. So let's get to look down with some business first. As I said, this is the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. You know you can find us on Twitter at the Inside Trip one you can even catch us on Facebook, the Inside Trip Facebook page. And if you want to contact us through email, please do so. You can do so at theinsidetrip1 at gmail.com. As for the podcast itself, you can find us at all your favorite podcast locations, including iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud, just to name a few. So, subscribe, download, listen, maybe give us a rate and a review. I don't know. Yeah, we need if a you re- got time. We need some rate and review. If you got time. I need a review. You need a review? Yeah. Like a mail review? You know, I need a mail review. <laughs> you know, I'm feeling bad about myself. Somebody give me a good review. You know, none of this bullshit two-star stuff. <laughs> hey, don't fault your wife for giving you two stars, man. <laughs> oh, she gave me two ben, and a half. She gave you two and a half? She gave me two and a half. Ben, what's up, man? What's new in your life? Oh, not much, man. <laughs> really nothing at all. Nothing? <laughs> no, man. It's the daily grind and uh, just loving wrestling. I can't wait for the... Um, um, Worlds here in Paris, man. I cannot wait. We're less than four weeks away. I know. And you know what? Junior Worlds are kicking off right now. Is that right? Yeah, right now. I think uh, the boys just weighed in today. Our boy Colin Moore is going to be going oh, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a pretty good Junior World team. I think our Junior World team is really solid. I think it's pretty legit. Yeah. So listen, as we alluded to earlier, we got a guest coming at you guys tonight. We're going to get her on the line here in just a minute. For any of those that listened to our episode at number, I think it was 30, actually, um, a few weeks ago with Catherine Shy, we introduced our Women of the Mat series. want to give a big thank you to Wrestle Like a Girl as well as Catherine Shy's project, Lucha Fit, for helping us bring this series to you. It's to, 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 to bring different top women wrestlers on our podcast to tell their story, talk about their journey, because in my opinion, they have some very amazing um, and I think, as you said earlier, Ben, ben unique stories yeah, to tell. Very unique stories. Very yeah. unique stories to tell. So tonight, we've got a fantastic guest coming your way. Victoria Anthony, our world team representative at 48 kilograms. Dude, I am so excited to talk to her. That's ben. only In a fact, couple kilograms lower than me, though. What? Yeah, a couple. Maybe your left leg. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but no. All joking aside, I've actually been nervous about this one all day. Is that right? Why? Um, you think she was going to inside trip you? Have we got to talk to any world team members lately, or any uh, four-time collegiate champs? 
No. Yeah. I'm trying not. I just don't want to sound like a giddy fanboy. Yeah, you are a fanboy. You're a fan man. <laughs> I'm the fan man. <laughs> All right, so anyway, we're going to go ahead and get Victoria on the line for you here. Um, hope this interview goes great. We hope you enjoy it. So give us just a second. We're going to get her on the line and kick it off. This week's episode is brought to you by Wrestle Like a Girl and Lucha Fit. To tell you more about these awesome organizations is Wrestle Like a Girl board member, Lucha Fit founder, and five-time national team member, Catherine Shy. Catherine, take it away. Thanks, guys. So, Wrestle Like a Girl began because of the increased need to advocate for girls and women's wrestling. Uh, women's wrestling is the fastest-growing high school sport, so we are working closely with states to support their sanctioning efforts. We put on empowerment camps to teach girls the amazing values wrestling can bring to their lives. And girls are so excited to get on the mat and try wrestling. And then Lucha Fit is a project I started in 2010, almost as a journal, until I realized there was a lot of value in my experiences I gained traveling the world competitively. I knew this kind of information was lacking for athletes, especially female athletes. So my journal transformed into Lucha Fit, where I gave advice on what to pack for competitions, nutrition, injuries, sports psych, and of course, wrestling. But really, any athlete can find value from these posts. That's great to hear, Catherine, and it's great to hear that you guys have stepped up to the plate to be an advocate for women's wrestling. Make sure you check out WrestleLikeAGirl.org to find out more about this organization and what you can do to help. Also, LuchaFit.com, where whether you are a competitive athlete or a weekend warrior, you're sure to find something for your needs. And as always, don't wind up on your back, bro. All right, wrestling fanatics, joining us tonight on the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 34, is two-time world team member, two-time junior world champ, two-time U.S. Open champ, and four-time Women's College Wrestling Association national champion, currently ranked sixth in the world at 48 kilograms, and most importantly, the owner of one of the sweetest inside trips in the game, Victoria Anthony. Victoria, how's it going? Oh, yes. Hello. <laughs> good. Super good. Awesome. Thanks. Just out for- in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. You obviously getting prepared for uh for the big tournament next month. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're uh, at training camp right now, so we've been here about a week in the spring at OTC. Um, it's been good. It's been tough. <laughs> I can only imagine. Um, well, first of all, thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule to join us. We really appreciate it. I have a feeling our listeners are going to really appreciate it as well. Um, also, uh, congrats on earning the opportunity to represent the United States for the second time, I believe, right? Thank you. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm so excited. Yeah, second time. I made the team once in 2013, um, not actually at my weight class. Um, That was a whirlwind year. I I I had lost in the finals at 48. Um, It went three three matches. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of wasn't even planning on competing at the upper weight trial. There's the non-Olympic trials um, for 51 kilos and then the other non-Olympic weights. I wasn't really – I didn't even weigh 51 kilos, and we just come back from a – from Kazan in um, Russia for the University World Games, where I did not perform to the best of my ability. I was like, I don't know if I want to wrestle. And uh, that worked out, so I ended up making that world team. And then this is my second one since 2013. Nice. Um, so I got to ask, you said it wasn't your weight. How tall are you? I've seen online everywhere from 4'10 <laughs> to 5'1. So how tall are you? I am 4'10", and there's, like, on my, on USA Wrestling and some Wikipedia pages, someone made it. I think it says 5'2", which I appreciate, but it's so, <laughs> so wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, my, my mom is 4'11", and my dad has to be, like, 5'4", or something. We're a family of dwarves. So, yeah, I'm 5, 4'10", and not changing. 
I'm actually shorter than Chun. <laughs> I think you're actually taller than Ben here. Hey, no, but hey, don't worry. My family's a family of dwarves <laughs> too. I'm I'm five Perfect. six. People think I'm five five, but I really am five six. I don't care what they say. I believe you. I definitely believe you. <laughs> so, uh, hey, first, let me ask you this: um, Victoria or Vicky? What do you want to go by? I prefer Victoria, awesome. um, although I know it gets a little confusing because my handles have Vicky in them. But I think Vicky Vortex flows better than Victoria Vortex. I think you're think. right. <laughs> so, right? It doesn't sound quite as good. but No, no, not at all. Uh, so I got to tell mm -hmm. you, small world. This is how small of a world it is. I'm sitting in, um, so at a jiu-jitsu academy yesterday after a training session, and one of the instructors there – we're all sitting around talking. One of the instructors there, he's from Huntington Beach as well. We're just talking. We're talking women's wrestling. And um, he's talking about how he used to, I think, maybe coach at Marina High, which I think is where you're from. Oh, and, um, yeah, that's my school. <laughs> yeah, and he's telling me about this, you know, amazing girl wrestler they had on the team. Um, and he's like, Victoria Anthony. And I was like, no way, man. I, I swear to God. That's I'm, so funny. We're getting ready to do a podcast interview with her. Um, are you aware of a gentleman named Ruben Vera? Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Ruben. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was like one of my coaches um, in at Marina. Um, and yeah, just all, I've known him since I was 14. <laughs> That's funny. That is such a small world. Um, yeah. He beat the shit out of me yesterday. Oh, sorry for the language. but <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. How? That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's get into some uh, some Q and A here. We want to usually we kind of start with a little background information on you, get the uh, the listeners acclimated to where you came from and kind of how you got to where you are now. So um, I guess going back to uh, your your high school days, how did you get, or even before then, how did you get started in wrestling? Yeah, I actually. Well, I I started when I was fourteen, my freshman year of high school. Um, but before that, I had done judo. I started judo when I was like six and a half just because uh, my dad was doing it and he was making my older sister do it because he was just like you have to do something athletic in our family you have to at least play sports for a little bit um and he did a bunch of martial arts growing up so yeah and I was just like a little hyperactive ADHD kid running around on like running around the practice anyway so I was like well if I'm gonna be here and I have to watch this I want to join the practice and then I like immediately fell in love with judo and just got so crazy about it like my <laughs> I just remember being like eight and waiting for my dad to come home he would poor guy he would get home at 6 p.m after driving an hour in LA traffic and then pick me up and I'm like stop I have my key on and my belt tied and I'm just like stomping my foot at the door waiting for him <laughs> so he can get in the car and immediately drive back in the opposite direction um to go to our judo club that was up in Harper City um, in California so shout out to my dad and my mom they're just so awesome and really um, yeah, have done everything possible for me to, to be on this path. So I started with judo and I competed. What's that? Oh, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> okay. I started in judo and then competed up until I was 13. Um, and I was, I mean, I wanted to be an Olympian in judo. That was my, that was my goal from when I, like the point where I figured out what the Olympic games were, um, as a child. And then, and I, I was on that path. I was starting to compete nationally and just, just starting to compete senior international stuff. Um, and then there's a, the national tournament was in Hawaii every year and I, one of them, and I, I ended up breaking my wrist, throwing a girl, um, which was the best injury that could have happened because then I, I couldn't really go back to judo because I ended up getting a, a surgery on my wrist and two knee surgeries that like same year in my eighth grade year. Uh, and then I just got tendonitis trying to grip, um, going, going back to judo. So I, was, I don't know, I was just sitting on the couch, not doing much for about a year, um, and then was going into high school and my parents had suggested that I start wrestling 
And I was like, hell no, that sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> I was already a socially awkward kid, like just not feeling very comfortable overall going into high school. And that would only put me on the outskirts of the social norms even more to join the boys wrestling team because Marina didn't have a girls wrestling team. Um, and women's wrestling, or yeah, women's wrestling wasn't sanctioned in California at the time. Now there's two separate sanctioned CIF championships for boys and girls. Um, and at the time it was just boys. So yeah, I was like, I'm not doing that. And they suggested more than once. So I was like, I'm definitely not doing that. And then, um, I was sitting in PE and it's like two weeks of being in PE. And then my eventual high school coach, Dennis Paramo, um, he ended up doing, he he just did a, like a little demo of re- wrestling for all the PE classes, trying to recruit people. Um, and so I saw it and I was like, okay, that looks, it does look a lot like judo. Like I think I can do this and I'm not doing anything else and I'm sitting in PE. So at least this will get me out of PE, which was <laughs> just not a good time. So, so I was like, okay, I can do this. But even then it took me two weeks to walk in the wrestling room. Cause I, I don't know. I was so nervous. Um, and then I continued, I was still nervous the entire first year of my wrestling uh, career there at Marina. So I ended up, yeah, that's how I got going. And, and then just started doing this, all the summer camps and Fargo that year. And, and, continue on like that that's awesome you know it's funny you mentioned the judo background because before uh before we called you um i was just telling ben i was like i think that she has a judo background i was watching some videos of you teaching uh little kids the uh the inside trip and you were calling it the uchigari which is kind of like the judo yeah. version of the inside trip uh you were teaching uh yeah the, definitely the, the the three-step entry for the little kids you know baking uh, breaking down the basic drill so that's pretty cool um yep so Obviously, you know, you said that California wasn't sanctioned at the time that you got started for, for women's wrestling. Um, I hear that. I understand that you were the first girl to win. What What is it? The Southern Section CIF title. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, at the time, like I said, it wasn't sanctioned. So I end up winning my, my senior year, like um, as a CIF. So I don't know how it goes in other but in California. We, and in my section, we, it was league, then CIF, which is that, that tournament that I won, and then Masters, and then State. So I'd won my league three years in a row and but hadn't won CIF yet and then finally won as a senior. So that was that was awesome. A little heartbreaking because not like I I ended up losing and um at the next the next week was masters. So I'm like obviously trying to make the state. Um no girl had made it to state. I don't know if one has since, I'm not sure. Um and yeah, just didn't wrestle well and ended up losing to the kid I'd be in the semis the week before. But but it was awesome to win CIF and, and just like kept my, my high school career that way. So I hate to backtrack a little bit, but uh, did I hear you say that your father actually suggested you get into wrestling? Yeah, yeah. Both my, I think my dad and my mom did. If I'm remembering correctly, I think I am. Um, they, uh, because a lot of judo players will, will switch to wrestling in high school since the high schools in California don't have judo clubs. Um, like, and I think Hawaii might be one of the only states that has high school judo teams. Um, so, and I just wasn't doing judo at the time anyway. So, so yeah, they suggested it, but I just was not interested at all. Um, cause it was, uncom- it was uncomfortable and I knew it was going to be uncomfortable and it ended up being very uncomfortable. Um, but which is good, right? That's our whole, that's the whole, the whole deal of this sport is getting out of your comfort zone and pushing your, your limits. Um, so but yeah, just to join the boys wrestling team, I remember I was I was just so scared of everyone and so nervous the whole my whole freshman year competing in the room all the time because there's no niche for a girl wrestler in that that arena like especially at, that's the way that my school set up and actually now that I'm thinking about it there was a girl that tried to scare me off the, the team 
there was there were two girls that were on the team before me um, when I joined. I think one was like a junior, one was a sophomore, and the one was mean. And she she like pushed me up against the locker one day and was like, I know like you're not gonna just come in here and um, take over my team. Like I don't know what you're here for if it's for attention or what, which is something that I think a lot of girls throughout the country have to deal with like these Absolutely. these types of assumptions, right? Yeah, definitely. Like if you're you're here for dates, you're here for attention, you're here for all like all types of things. Um, meanwhile I'm just frightened and I'm like I just I think I wanna wrestle. I don't even know if I wanna wrestle. <laughs> it just it's gonna get me out of PE. So uh yeah, that that chick tried to scare me off the team. Thankfully it didn't work. But that yeah, is we're, definitely we're glad something it, we're, that we're glad it didn't work. We run into. No, yeah, me too. I just I just find that interesting <laughs> because um, you know, out of all the interviews we've had with the uh, um the female wrestlers, the conversation typically goes um, you know, when they're talking to their parents, hey, I want to wrestle, and their parents get a little concerned, and I don't know about this, I don't know about that. So I think that that's pretty neat that it was actually the opposite, that your dad and your mom were saying, hey, we think you should try wrestling, even though there's not a woman's um, class in California. So that's actually a, kind of a different story than, than we've heard in the past, so that's kind of neat. True, yeah, yeah, and I'm just so thankful for them and their, their open mindset that they've had my whole life and um, just willingness to kind of go the limits for whatever I want to do um, to its maximum. And yeah, I mean, we've, like I said, my dad did a bunch of martial arts and I actually, I grew up um, just going over to Ronda Rousey's house, picking her up. We're going to like judo clinic up in Northern California just because there's not, there's not very much judo, you know, comparatively to wrestling. You have to to find good judo clubs. You start out, you have to drive further and further distances. So um, with, with figures like Ronda ahead of me and um, just, just other women like that and her mom, like Anne-Marie Rousey's, gangster first world right. um champion in judo for women yeah in the u.s so yeah, um it just always seems pretty normal actually like competitive sports and and then in judo there's not a separation um in the practice room between guys and girls there's no like i've never been to a judo club where there's a separate men and women's practice um in california or hawaii those are the places i've really practiced judo so um yeah that was it just was completely normal and uh, yeah i really appreciate that um and that's also another one of the reasons I went up to Canada for university. Um, there were there were options in the US obviously, some some really good programs like King University and at the time Oklahoma City. But one of the reasons I really liked the the room in Canada at Simon Fraser University is that the men practice alongside the women for majority of the practices. Um, and it was just a much more cohesive cohesive environment because wrestling developed differently there. Um, just sports in general, any men's team that was getting added to a university program had to have a women's team alongside it. So all that stuff was out of the window with like stigmas and um, I don't know, just some of the stuff that we had, to, we've had to deal with here with title nine, which sucks sure. overall. It, For sure. It's just uncomfortable. It's not good. You know, so uh, it should be good. Title nine should be a good thing, but right. it does Absolutely. create a lot of yeah problems. It, so it's funny. You mentioned that because it's so true. It's like, you know, in, in most other like combative sports, martial arts, whether it's judo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, whatever it is, you see men training alongside with women all the time. But when it comes to wrestling, it's always like this kind of this stigma that it shouldn't happen or it's maybe maybe it's taken longer for people to come around to that idea. It's, I don't know. Curious right. to, to why that is. Um, but yeah. So mm-hmm. at what point in time did you decide that, you know what? Yeah, I want to go to college and wrestle. Like what made you come to that decision? I want, I want to say it just naturally my first year wrestling, it just, once I started to understand the sport, started to get into it and 
then found freestyle wrestling and um, uh, a club in California I went to um, was awesome. They, the Cad Walter family was huge in my, my development and just my mindset and, um, and continuing on. So just just being in that environment and um, opening up freestyle wrestling, being like, hey, this is definitely what I want to do. This is even more like what, what suits me. I have four-point moves. Um, that I'm, that's stuff I'm really comfortable with and, sure. and college wrestling for girls is freestyle, right? So it just made complete sense for, from pretty much the first moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody can argue that you, uh, that you didn't make the right decision. Um, I don't, so we said earlier that you were a four-time Women's College Wrestling Association national champion. There's actually been a handful of those. Or a handful of those. Um, I'm not sure many people know this, but you were actually the first. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Helen did it like five minutes later. Right. <laughs> she's heavier than oh, me, so. Yep. So, but that makes me the hey, first. Hey, you're, <laughs> right. yeah, you're still the yeah, first, right? You're still the first. Thank you. Thank so, you. Mm-hmm. There's perks to being. There's little. perks to being five foot, or excuse me, four foot ten. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, have there been um, more four timers since? Um, and I, I, I don't think know. So. <laughs> oh, you, you know, I, 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 I would have to look that up. I don't know. I thought there was. I don't know if there has. Yeah, we're gonna have to fact check that. <laughs> I thought there was. Um, so what's it like? What's it like to be the first or to hear that you were the first to do something? Yeah, um, it's cool. I honestly being very honest, I like, wh- like, I don't know, I don't get hung up on on things. I, I wish I could say like, it was like, so huge for me. But I my goals are the, are the Olympic Games, right? And um just it was awesome it was awesome and I'm, I'm just really thankful for my entire college experience um more than anything like my my teammates mike jones you guys are familiar with him he's the best most awesome that was my my um college coach throughout my four years and currently still my life coach he'll email me he emailed me today and was like so are you gonna win the whole thing this year or not <laughs> thanks mike and he's just he's awesome um so my entire the four-year experience is really what i look back on and i'm so appreciative for um, it was really, it was obviously cool, you know, to do that. But there's so much more to to winning than, you know, a single tournament or a title or, you know, something like that. So well, when I, I look back, I don't even, I don't think of it that way. I guess. Well, I think personally, I think it's pretty damn cool, <laughs> you I know. Agree. So I think you should, that's something yeah. you should be really proud of. Uh, what was it like to? Thank you. What was it like to live in Canada for you know a couple of years? It was awesome. Like, I love Vancouver so much. The school is actually in Burnaby, um, just kind of like a neighboring city. Uh, it's awesome. Canadians are super nice, as I think we've all stereotyped them to be. They actually are so right. nice. Um, helpful. Yeah, yeah. And um, the city itself, like, I love the city. I love the school. I loved our wrestling program, my coaching staff. So one Another reason I went up there is because at the time, the coaching staff, and currently still, um, was full of both Olympians and um, coach, coaches for Olympic teams. Like I said, that's always been the number one in my mind. So going to SCU, I was like, okay, awesome. These guys have been there. These girls have been there. Lindsay Belisle was a silver medalist in the world at 48 kilos. So it was awesome. And at the time, I was able to wrestle with her um, and just get my butt whooped by her my freshman year. And, yeah, it was just it was a great time. I, I go up there as often as I can still. That's where my core group of friends is, all that. So. So, you know, what's interesting is that like, even before college, you had great international success, or I think like right at the tip of when you started college, because you were a two-time junior world uh, national, or junior, excuse me, junior world gold medalist, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was my, I think. Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. When was that? Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, 2009-10. So I won the summer 
right before I got to SFU, and then I won the following summer okay. after I, my freshman year. I just, I just think that's kind of interesting that you, you know, you won these gold medals. You know, we hear that about some of the other male athletes, but you won these gold medals while you were still competing in college. Just won the junior gold medals. Um, uh, what was it like to kind of compete on the international level and in college at the same time? Obviously, different seasons, but same time. You know, did you have to juggle training schedules, uh, training camps? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm so appreciative that it's freestyle both both ways, right? The guys have, uh, the college guys have a lot more to deal with having to go folk style and switch up. So I think the training was the same, but trying to juggle the tournaments exactly was, was tough. And, and just training camps and school. I remember one, one December, I think the, the 2012, we have a two-week training camp in China at the same time as both finals for SFU and I think we had a comp- or maybe a couple competitions for the team. So it was, it was tough, right? Like you want to be there for the team, um, but then also the individual part of it and those those really high goals of Olympism were paramount for me. So um, it we had to figure it out. But again, with the coaching staff um, that SFU has and also everyone else in the room, they, they had the same goals. That's another reason I, I really wanted to go there is they had, Olympians in the room, Heisland Garcia, who's actually now one of my coaches at ASU um, in Arizona, and he was in the room, three-time Olympian for Canada. Um, Danielle Lapage, a Canadian Olympian at 63. So they all, they were also doing a lot of the same stuff. So just the mindset was like, okay, we'll, we'll work this out. It was, there was never any like pushback from missing a tournament on the college level, something like that. Like it it, it worked, but it definitely took some figuring out. I just from hearing you talk so far, I. I think it's pretty obvious that you've been extremely fortunate to be surrounded by some pretty, pretty high level athletes, whether it was judo or wrestling, you've had a good core, you know, nucleus of people around you as you've developed throughout, I guess, throughout your wrestling career, I would assume. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to like, again, like, mm -hmm. no, go ahead. Finish that. (laughs) Oh no. Just, yeah. I can't say thank you enough to all those people because like I said, that family that, um, that kept me going in the summertime, the Cadwalders, so encouraging, so open to women's wrestling. You know, I, I hear stories of my teammates and just other girls that have just had a different route. Um, and I really appreciate they, the catwalkers especially, they just didn't treat me any different from any of the guys in the room. If the guys were getting hit over the head, I was getting hit over the head. And I just really appreciated that and then continued on with Mike Jones at SSU and now um, ASU and Angel Rudo in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exactly right. I just have so many good people around. So you mentioned just a bit ago, you know, the ultimate goal was to become an Olympian, obviously. So I want, I'd like to transition to the 2016 Olympic team trials. I'm sure this might be a little, you know, tough period for you, but um, we would be remiss not to bring, not to ask questions about it. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Part of my story. So absolutely. Uh, and, and your story is a phenomenal one. Let me, let me just put that out there. So mm-hmm. you basically made three straight, I believe three straight women's world team finals and lost to the same person each time, correct? I think your Alyssa Lampy was your yep. was your big nemesis. Yep, that's um, true. <laughs> what was going through your mind as you entered the 2016 World Team Trials, knowing at the time, I, I believe, I'm sure the expectation was that you were going to meet her again in the finals. Right. Yeah. Um, for sure, I thought I was I was gearing up for both Alyssa and Clarissa. Um, and I, I just felt really ready, really ready to, like, with a you know, good game plan against Alyssa and just ready to go, really excited. And it doesn't end up being Alyssa. It ends up being right. Haley Gallo. Right. And with that, I had wrestled Haley once in those 2013 trials up at 51 to make that first world team. 
Um, and I, I ended up pecking her in that match. And I just, she was never like really on the radar because she hadn't, she made 48 or she, well, she never made 48. She made 50 kilos one time at the New York Athletic Club that tournament that year. Um, and I think didn't finish the tournament. So it was just, it was like, she, she hadn't been on my, my radar um, and hadn't been someone we were like scouting, right. which is separate from what actually happened in the matches. But just mindset wise, I guess it was a little like, I mean, I felt, I felt confident. I felt ready to go. I just, I just remember being extremely, I was really happy and just feeling really ready um, before our finals matches in the, that break between the, the mini tournament and the finals. Sure. So um, yeah. And it just, it, for me, that was a really good example. And also in contrast with the 2013 world of, of how I, my kind of like my sports psych stuff now is just that, what you what your feelings you know your confidence level everyone wants to be confident and that's awesome if you if you can feel that way but that doesn't translate to winning and that's something that i've like had to really stand recognize so i felt confident i felt like there was no chance i was going to lose that night in 2016 child and i lost and in 2013 i didn't even i didn't even want to wrestle i didn't i just like i don't know i'm i was already basically i was already in colorado springs so i decided to entered the tournament and nice. I won in, in ways that I had never beat girls before. Like I, I pecked my way through the mini and then um, ended up being Jessica Medina, who I, I, I really struggled with before. Right. And so you beat her two matches yeah. to zero, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So just what I really pick up from those reflecting on that is um, it's just, for me, it's all about being present um, and not attaching too much to any one feeling or like, okay, I feel good. So I'm definitely going to win. Like, you got to wrestle. Yeah, you actually got to wrestle the match. So, you know, just to give the kind of the listeners a little bit of a background, I, I, I'm going to assume that a lot of our listeners haven't paid as much attention to women's wrestling as they should. We're, we're getting them into that right now. That's kind of our goal. Um, so you were the yeah, two seed. Good. You were the two seed at the Olympic team trials that year. Um, Alyssa was the one seed. Um, you actually were on a roll. I think you had a 10 nothing tech fall. You pinned an opponent, and then you beat Clarissa 9-2 to two to reach the finals, if memory serves correct. Um, yeah, that's Al- right. Alyssa was the one seed and she actually gets upset by Haley Agello in the semifinals. So what did you think? What were you thinking when Alyssa lost? Um, I remember I was actually warming up for my match with Clarissa and I was like going back and forth. Cause you're in the, the shoot in the back of the, the Hawkeye arena. And there, there's like these black sheets separating you from your next opponent. And then there's also the TV screen. So you know when to go out and they're playing the matches. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. This match is going back and forth. And I'm like, I'm, wa- I'm like try- trying not to watch. So I can focus on the semifinal. I'm like, let me, I'm just checking, peeking behind the thing. And then uh, Haley wins the match. And I, I just put it out of my mind at that point and was like, okay, that's that. Um, that's crazy because Alyssa's, uh, you know, I, there was, Alyssa's the person that I had lost to three years in a row. So um, that obviously changed things up for me. And, and that maybe that, I think that added to my confidence. Obviously, it's someone, you know, I, I lost, Three years ago, I was I felt ready to go, ready to wrestle, and excited. Um, but that was just something new on my plate. So um, yeah, but then I got you know then it was time to wrestle Chun. Got through that, time to win, make this team right. And uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I felt confident, ready, all those things, and it didn't pan out. You know, so like you said, it didn't pan out, and you don't end up making the uh, the world team. But I'm going to back you up just a little bit because, you know, I think I believe you lost three straight World Team Trials finals to Alyssa Lampy. Um, 
How, how do you stay motivated throughout those years? I mean, that's a significant chunk of time. We're talking four years if you could consider the Gallo loss as well, um, right. where you're basically, you know, the second person on the ladder for all intents and purposes for four years. How do you stay motivated? How do you keep that drive? I think it's multifaceted. Uh, one thing, like I said, is there's just so much more to winning and competing than the winning part. So the winning and losing is one thing in itself, and obviously that's the paramount goal. But um, there were there were little little wins along the way, I guess. Like I I would beat Alyssa internationally. Like I beat her in Vancouver one year at the Simon Fraser. Um, open and and then the losing obviously in Charles and Peter and Charles but and then I you know I beat Alyssa um, overseas in Russia um, and then once we come back to the U.S. I, I end up losing in the trial finals beat her once at nationals so there were wins along the way that you know I, I knew how close I was and I knew how good I was and I knew I was right there um, and it just ended up taking time and especially you know after 2016. I say it's multifaceted because I, I've had the, this goal since I was a child, so it's nothing to give up on now. You know, just to just because I lose, you know, I lost the, in a tournament that I did not think I could lose in. I did not think anywhere in my mind that I was going to lose because 2016 trials, but I did, and that doesn't that still doesn't change my overall goal. That just shifts it by four years, but it's <laughs> just a shift. It's not a. It doesn't. It doesn't kill it. So. Um, yeah, I think that's that's part of it. Just knowing, and also knowing the amount of work I put in since childhood, through high school, through college, currently, through all my international competitions and national senior level stuff. Like, there is no time to just toss it, right? Like, right. I, I I don't I didn't really struggle with motivation. I guess do that. I, in fact, um, after losing those trials, took time to a little bit of time to reevaluate. But I was like, I don't feel off track at all. My my plan was to wrestle this summer my plan was to wrestle at Canada Cup and the Spanish Grand Prix and I feel equally as motivated and and one thing Terry Steiner had to say to kind of all the girls that didn't make the team was just that you know essentially you're missing one tournament and you can allow yourself to miss a whole summer of training and competing and getting better if you choose to but that's your choice the only thing that you're definitively missing is the Olympic Games so that's one tournament but if you're planning to continue wrestling like it, it would only be in your best interest to continue on the path that you were already on. So, so I, I just went along with what we were already doing, and it, it worked well. I think I, and you know, the 2016 trials were a tragedy in my life. Like, um, definitely one of the worst things that could have ever happened. But on the other side of it, also one of the best things that could have ever happened because it showed me major holes in my wrestling and in my like kind of my mind game, um, and put me on the fast track to fixing those things. So that's awesome. I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's sucks, mindset, but it's, right yeah, that, that's, that's what, honestly, we've said this before when we've talked to, to different athletes, that's really what separates the, the people that are great. And then everybody people that are interviewing the, great people. the people that are interviewing the great people, um, <laughs> you know, so obviously, you know, I mean, listen, you're going into the 2016 Olympic team trials. You're, you're motivated. You're feeling good. You, your nemesis, who you've lost to multiple times, loses. You're thinking, you know, this is my year. You know, it didn't work out that way. How long did it take you to recover from that match with, with Haley Agello and, you know, from a mental aspect? And, and, and furthermore, what, what did you have to do to kind of get over that? How did you handle that loss? 
Yeah, I think it took me a lot longer than I originally recognized, number one. Because <laughs> I, I remember, I don't know how long it was after the trial. Maybe it was less than a week, but I was just going crazy. And I'm like, I'm like I got to compete. I got to compete better. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I, especially Haley cut a lot of weight. So just didn't know if they were planning to send her to a qualifier or myself because they've done that on the men's side, right, where they've sent someone else to the qualifier um, than the person that's actually competing in the game. So. Sure. Um, I just remember sending an email to pretty much everyone that's ever coached me and <laughs> letting them know, I'm, I'm fine, we're ready to go, I'm not taking a break, let's get back on the mat. And got probably 10 responses of, you need to relax, <laughs> take a break. <laughs> so I thought I was okay, and I was not for a period of time. I don't know how long, probably, I mean, I, re- I it took me a second, and then I was like, okay, let's relax. <laughs> um, and it was just, it was a hard summer, so probably took that you know that summer to recover you know everything's about the olympics after that it's not it's not just losing the trials it's now you're helping the olympic team prepare which is i would only want that for myself when i make the team so you know investing in that but then also trying to get better at the same time and work through all the mental and emotional stuff of helping to prepare this team that you so badly want to be on and you so badly want to be part of and it is not so it, it, it was that was tough um for sure as could be expected and it only makes sense so i'm you know that's that's really fine and then uh like i said i competed that summer and then i took a bit more of a break through the games and and afterwards um and then we just got going at arizona um in arizona and that's when i really started to work with the asu coaches is um after losing the, that child i hadn't worked with them prior to um, it was, I'd only exclusively worked with Angel, um, and he was really awesome. I also made a coaching change right four months before the, those trials. So, um, it was really, I was still getting settled into Arizona and, um, figuring out, okay, what do I have to work with here? Who do I have to work with? So it was, it was actually, it was really awesome that I, um, had the ASU coaching staff and athletes all there to just begin work, working with and, one thing for me like novelty is really important for me just in general I don't don't know if guys know this but I can be pretty um on the status side like pretty ADHD and so (laughs) but one thing with that is just keeping the situation new I don't know first of all hopefully I'm talking slow enough for everyone to understand me (laughs) that's that's one part of uh, my personality just racing it's funny yeah I don't want to cut you (laughs) off but it's funny I just I I told I was like man this girl, she she can talk like. No, I love it though. We yeah. love it. We absolutely love it. It's it shows a passion for what you do, and and that's and that's what we like to hear. Like you, when you okay, said talking good, good, good. fast, I was like, yeah, she. You were wondering how we were gonna fill yeah. fill an hour's worth of time. Now I know why. No, it's yeah, it's that's great. yeah, that's part of it. It's a, Don't worry, people. That's the part of, yeah. People say okay. I talk. People say I talk fast too. So you know, I've been I've been told okay, that all yeah. my life. So don't sweat it. We love it. So anyways, okay, perfect. Paris 2017. Are we ready? Let's get this going. So you said you're training with uh, the ASU coaches. You're, you said right now you're in Colorado, but you've been doing some training with, with the ASU coaches. When did you go down to Arizona State? I Well, I moved to Arizona in January of 2016, and I didn't start working with um, the ASU staff probably till I don't even know, uh, September of that year, I guess, maybe, maybe a little bit earlier. Yeah, so one one thing, one person that came down was Heisling Garcia, um, like a three-time Canadian Olympian, 
and he was um, training at SFU when I was up there. So I was happy and excited that high school was coming down um, and started working with Lee Pritt probably the most when I, when I first got in the room at, at ASU. He's awesome. The whole staff is awesome. And yeah, since then, I'm kind of shifting around between Lee, Heisland, Chris, um, Pendleton. Chris is actually has been with me this past week in Colorado Springs, and they're all everyone's just so awesome. And then of course Zeke Jones, the man. Yeah, they've got it. They're doing good things down there at Arizona State. You taller than Zeke Jones? I am not, but I appreciate <laughs> that he's on the smaller side because our styles match up a little bit more. <laughs> so, um. As you're preparing for Paris, I believe that the women's team just took a trip out to Russia recently to train. Is that correct? Yeah. Can you talk a little yeah, bit about that, that experience? Fun. Yes. We went to Kislovodsk, which is just in the southwest corner above Georgia, um, the mountain region there. And it was awesome, except for everyone was so scared. We're driving up. We're like, we get to the airport, and then we get in our the van taking us up, and it was like, okay, this is awesome. Hopefully there's Wi-Fi. And we start driving up this mountain, <laughs> and then we're still driving up this mountain, and then like 30 minutes later, we're still driving up this mountain, and everyone's like, oh, we're for sure not going to have any Wi-Fi, and who knows what we're getting into. Um, and it's nighttime, so in the morning, we we wake up and I like open my curtains. I'm like, this is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. There's these crazy green rolling hills. Like it looked like a postcard. Um, and the facilities there were awesome. The Russian team, the Russian coaches, so awesome. Just took care of us so well. And I think we all got a lot out of that camp. So overall, it was one of my favorite um, camps, experiences overseas. And I know a lot of the girls felt the same. That's awesome. So you mentioned the Russian coaches. Tell me something. Uh, what's a what did you see different or experience differently from the Russian coaches than you do from the United States coaches? What's is their philosophy different? Is it their way of training? That is an interesting question. Um, definitely the training. I think there there just there's differences um, in the way that they do things. I don't know if they trained the way that they trained when we were there because we got there and it was live every practice <laughs> the whole way through, uh, which I don't, I'm not sure if that was because we were there or not, but um, that's, we do, generally don't go live every single practice. So that was part of it. Um, I don't know what, I don't think if there were any really major differences. The style is different, I would say, um, than American style, the style of the girls overall, more ties, more, um, yeah, more, more two-on-ones, that kind of thing. Uh, they also wrestle, it's like distance, distance, or tie-up. So we're trying to close the gap on them. And, get, you know, that, that was a bit frustrating for some of us, but it also helps us out in going into Worlds this year sure. because, okay, that's something that frustrates us. We've, so we've since come back and work on that. Gotcha. So if, looking back at your, at your career, I mean, honestly, my impression is that you've wrestled a ton internationally. How does that? How do you think that prepares you for when you compete at tournaments like the World Championships? Yeah, I think it's huge. Nothing feels like a wrestling, a real wrestling match on a real stage with real referees. You know, we're, like this week we're going to do a competition simulation, and it's awesome. But for me, I, I like to compete a lot, and I want to compete a lot as many, pretty much as much as I can, as much as my body can withstand, um, because it prepares me both mentally and physically, and like gives me just. It gives you a sense of things when you, that you just can't get otherwise, you know, like being 
exhausted in the sixth minute. You, you know, you put, obviously you do your best to simulate it in matches in the room, but there's just an added edge to it in competition. Um, so it, like, it's just for me, it's huge. I like to compete, and yeah. Who are you mainly training with right now? So many different people. Uh, I trained with Haley a lot last week and uh, just this summer, which has been awesome because Haley, you know, her style clashes with mine, which is exactly what I need. I she's need pretty long, isn't that she? She is. She's pretty long. She's pretty big for, you know, for my, for 48. She's obviously, she's up a weight class now. So she but was huge. That, there's plenty yeah. of girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's plenty of girls that are big. So it's nothing to, you know, complain about. Like it's, it's, and it's awesome to have her as a partner because I'm going to feel that in the world championships for sure. I'm going to feel big 48 and the long ones. Right. So, um, I'm training with her a lot, training with the boys here. There's a couple of cadet boys that are, have been in our practice. One Julian tag and tug. I don't know. Julian Tag. Right, yeah, but Julian's a... been awesome. Yeah. Julian tag. Yeah. He's an Ohio guy, isn't he? Ohio guy, yeah. yeah. So we're from yeah. Ohio. If uh, you know I think that. he's, Oh, nice. Okay. Good. So he's the 110 on the cadet world team, I believe. He's been awesome. So great. He's also super long. I think he's actually 5'8". He says, I don't know if I believe him, but he says he's 5'8". Uh, so I think that feel for, for the longer, um, longer wrestlers. Do you hit him in an inside uh, trip? I don't think I did. I don't know. We wrestled situations. We haven't really wrestled any live. I might grab him for a match on Wednesday. Though. Yeah, put him on, put him on that inside trip train. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell him it's coming. Now he knows. Oh, he, I think he yeah. knew. <laughs> uh, so what's it like wrestling? Uh, yeah. at the, what's it like wrestling at the training center, though? You mean you just so many partners around. Is it a pretty regimented day, or how does it work like that? Yes and no. It's definitely changed throughout my career. Like in the in the past in past years, it has been extremely regimented. Um, in the morning, ten a.m. practice, two hours technique session in the morning, get your lift, and in the afternoon, some or maybe a different day, and then. 6 p.m. live and that that was pretty much the schedule always as a group um and we've as a as a whole and as a group kind of decided we needed more individual time more time to work on what's specific to us um so the coaches have really been accommodating with that Terry's been awesome so now our schedule this week is three individual practices um in the mornings which used to be group practices and so that gives us a lot of freedom like I'm able to work on exactly what I need to work on exactly what I need for the specific girls that I'm going to be wrestling. Um, so in that way, it's less regimented. Besides that, um, yeah, just it's, it's getting what you need, especially I think the older you get. So, And I'm one of the older ones on the team now. I think I'm actually the oldest with Helen um, at 26. So oh. for, for us, it's getting what you need. It's definitely less regimented than it used to be. Yeah, this is a relatively young national team, like U.S. team this year, isn't it, for the women? It is. It's crazy. Uh, Becca Leathers is... 20, going to be 21, I think. I think Kaylee's 22. Mallory, 23, 24, something like that. Everyone's pretty young, but it's been a different vibe, and it's been cool with with this younger group because this is the most team environment that I've ever felt in all the national teams I've been on. So awesome, it's cool. awesome. So by all accounts, you've won almost everything there is to win, basically, with with the exception of a senior level world medal or even a title. Let me ask you this. What is it going to take for you to come back from Paris with a world medal or even better yet, a, a world championship? A gold, maybe. A gold medal. Gold, that's what we're going for. Um, it is going to take a whole lot of things. Just continuing to stay on track the next three weeks. Like, I get the question almost daily. Someone asks me, like, are you excited for Worlds? And, like, <laughs> I'm excited for sure. But there, there's just daily work to be done. And 
one of the other biggest things for me is just staying present and not thinking future, not thinking past. So I'm excited, but but that really is for me thinking future. Like, and daily, I just have things that I need to do to get ready for that future. Um, And so that's just staying on track with that. Um, One of the biggest things for me is just, so kind of slowing things down, which I know a lot, I think a lot of people don't have to deal with that, where they're doing things too quickly. Sometimes I'm wrestling too fast. Sometimes I'm speaking too fast. Like <laughs> I got a lot of speed, and that's one of the bigger parts of every practice. Actually, is slowing down and seeing everything that's available to me when we're sparring, when we're drilling, when we're going live, um, and and just. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things. And to help with that, I meditate daily. I do yoga daily, um, 10 minutes minimum, both of those things. And staying consistent with that, too, just keeping with my habits through the World Championships. And then once we get there, it's it's all fun and grit. So just wrestling hard and tough. That's awesome. So obviously, you know, you said you're one of the you're one of the the veterans on the team. Um, Obviously, we have Helen Maroulis. You know, she's one of the veterans. Um, I would even say that Ali Reagan is one of the veterans. Um, what can we, what can we expect from the women's world team this year? Medals on medals is all I can see. Nice. You know, Ali's all right. silver. Yeah. Like Helen's Olympic gold. Yeah. And I, I'm getting a medal. I'm getting the, obviously the obvious thing is a gold medal. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really all there is to it. I don't know if there's much more to say on that. A lot of high expectations and everybody's feeling pretty good. Definitely. Definitely. And the younger girls, I mean, which is half the team, I think they expect equally as much of themselves. So it's awesome. So I'm allowed to ask this. My wife normally gets mad at me, but I'm allowed to ask this question um, to women wrestlers uh, only. How's the weight? Good. And that's one thing. (laughs) My wife would kill me if I asked any other woman that. But yeah, how's the weight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually, I've been struggling with getting bigger for this weight class for years. I, I had been maxing out at 50 kilos, which oh, what, I mean, it's okay. all right, but you know, every tournament, every international tournament that's not a championship is 50 kilos. So I'm not even cutting any weight. I, what I hadn't been. So now I'm up to a smooth 52 and I'm really happy with that. Oh, so okay. I would say my weight's good. good. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So tell us a little bit, you had the opportunity, the pleasure to wrestle and beat the streets, in New York city this year. How was that experience? Yeah, the whole thing is just awesome. Like, first of all, it's for an extremely awesome cause of just raising money and awareness in those in New York City um, for kids to get the opportunity to wrestle. So that's huge. That that just whole feeling behind that event is awesome. Um, wrestling on the stage, wrestling in the middle of Times Square is awesome. Like something just could never imagine and experience, you know. Otherwise, so uh, obviously it wasn't my plan. It wasn't the best to lose, but. Um, it was, it was still a good feel too, right? Like I'm getting a chance to get my hands on a Japanese girl and yeah. they don't, they, you know, they can, they send their cadets and juniors to tournaments internationally, but you don't always get a chance to wrestle their senior level athletes. So, um, I was really appreciative for that match because it gave me a feel and gave me a lot of really good information about myself and what I need to do for worlds. So I apologize for my ignorance here, but was that a Japanese girl? Is she, is she in the field and, uh, in worlds? Is she their number one? It doesn't look like it. There's a very questionable start list that, that has been entered that okay. I don't think they're going off of. But I, there's a different girl that I believe Japan will wrestle. Her name's uh, Sasaki, and she's a, she won Uregan this year. Oh, okay. She's young. I think she's 17. Yeah, so oh, that's wow. who we're expecting them to put in. Yeah, mm-hmm. But she's been – she's kind of calling her like the, the next Yoshida, that kind of thing, with 
just being very young and very good at a young age, but. So we'll one of the <laughs> one of the things that we've learned with with women's wrestling, especially on the international circuit, is that you know basically Japan is kind of like the equivalent to to, to Russia for for the men's wrestling. What what sets them apart? What puts them, you know, where they're at now, and everybody else in the role kind of catching up to get to their level? Yeah, I've asked my coaches that question and just tried to get it figured out. And one of the answers that made the most sense was that they just took women's wrestling seriously from a much earlier date, basically. So in the nineties, when there was an inkling that like, okay, we're going to, or sorry, in the eighties, I think the first women's world championship was 1989, I believe. Um, when they thought they could be in the Olympic Games, when they thought there could be a world championship for it, they immediately started taking it seriously. Whereas in the U.S., you know, obviously we're still fighting battles with equality and um, all that type of stuff just to be on equal equal grounds. I don't know how to say that. but um, So I think that's one of the biggest things. They have like two decades on a lot of the other countries, including ours, in um, being systematic about how they approach the sport. So they, you know, they train their girls from a young age and all that kind of thing. Whereas girls that are, I'm on the team with now have had to, they didn't start wrestling until high school because mm-hmm. someone told them they couldn't in middle school or, and then, you know, earlier. So that's one of the biggest things. Um, technically, I think they're also just super systematic in the way that they wrestle and very patient. They're, they, for the most part, do not get out of position. Um, and they can, I think, count on other people getting out of position. So they'll like two of the Japanese Olympic titles that were won in 2016 were won in the last 15 seconds at 48 and what, 58. So just super patient wait, knowing that there's going to be an opportunity and, and capitalizing on it at any point in the match. So talking about that beat the streets match real quick, you hit an inside trip in that match that, I mean, it was just textbook gorgeous. I think you hit it from no tie. Was that right? Kind of like I a, think so, yeah, that's, uh, and that's kind of my favorite way. Tell me about that. That thing is that thing is nasty. Yeah, it was funny because, like I said, it came from judo, just with Uchigari, and it wasn't something I even worked on. But my setup that works really well is club underhook and then inside trip the far side, yeah, off the side of my underhook. So that's why I'm able to do it from the outside because you know you club and they come up a little bit and you're able to get to your underhook and then circle the leg. Um, and it's just a patterned setup that works really well for me and it worked well in that match as well well don't so. give don't give away too many of your secrets we got a huge japan fight yeah 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 i, I don't want <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't want them over here scouting you by listening to us hey yeah. uh, tell me about this you know one of the coolest things i think people um that wrestle internationally get to experience is they get to travel all over the place where's one of your favorite places to compete Ooh, to compete for sure russia unquestionable um i love being in Russia, I love competing there. I love the love that they have for the sport of wrestling. It's just like crazy. It's so crazy. You get there and everyone's just so happy that you're there and happy to have, you know, Americans competing and just excited about the sport in total. I've been to Russia seven times now with this last trip. Um, Competed there, um, I guess, five of those times. And it's just always awesome. So, as you said earlier, you're obviously one of the veterans. Um, how long do you see yourself to continuing to compete, and what are your plans for, for after you're done, after you're done competing? Well, that is an interesting question that I'm not sure I have – I definitely don't have a definitive <laughs> answer for. But uh, my current plan is to go through 2020 and then see how things feel after that. I don't know that I want to continue wrestling after that, but also women start to peak when they're – 
kind of hitting that like upper 20s range right um so who knows how i'll be feeling and how it's just i feel i know i'm getting better every day right now so if i'm still getting better every day uh, in 2020 maybe i'll go another cycle um i think fighting is a pretty interesting idea uh especially with judo and jiu-jitsu i did jiu-jitsu for a couple years and then judo for about seven eight years and if there's if they add a 105 to the ufc that's something I'd definitely, definitely be interested in. So Ooh, think right. about that. Yeah. It'd be I, fun, right? I wasn't right? expecting yeah. to hear that. Nice. All right. So yeah, we'll see. We're, we're kind of, we're kind of getting to the end of things here. Um, from a personal, you know, personal standpoint, I guess, what's, what's one of your favorite non-wrestling activities to do? You got a day off. You don't got to worry about training. Don't got to worry about competing. What, what are you going to do? Ooh, I just love to take off basically to travel, whether that's, getting to like the nearest mountain or some somewhere international like we get a couple week break at um during christmas so one week of those i'm like i'm going to vietnam i gotta go i gotta go <laughs> so traveling is, is my biggest and just again like novelty seeing new things experiencing new things so whatever that means if it's yeah camping and somewhere i've never camped that kind of type of thing i pretty much google maps is my best friend and i like awesome. like hey where am i what's the nearest spot i can get to okay let's do that sweet um, okay, so basically that's all we got for you today, but I do want to ask you, so we had, you know, I, I kind of told you beforehand before we started the whole interview that we, you know, this is kind of our Women of the Mat series that we are doing in conjunction with Wrestle Like a Girl and Lucha Fit, and to kick off that series, mm-hmm. it was Catherine Shy, and the reason we reached out to you is because one of the questions that we asked her was, who would she recommend to have on as another podcast guest in the future. So I would like to extend that same question to you. Who do you th- think would be a good person to have on to tell their story and to talk about their journey and, and women's wrestling in general? 100% Tamir Mensa, the 69 kilogram world team member. She's so fun and so wacky. Like you, you guys are going to love her. And so is the rest of the world. She's one of my favorite people. So I would definitely have her on. That sounds great. Awesome. Right. Looking forward to it. Hopefully we, hopefully we can get her on. Hopefully she'll, She'll agree to come talk to two goofballs like us. <laughs> She's actually just knocking. She was knocking at my door like 30 minutes ago, and it oh. wouldn't stop knocking. Tamara! <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, get her. <laughs> all right, Victoria. Well, listen, hey, that's all we got for you. Is there any last things that you want to say? Anybody you want to shout out, thank, anything you got to put out there? I think I thanked a lot of the people that I would thank now. I just saw everyone that's helped me a lot, and my, my coach is it. ASU, Angel Tehudo at um, Fight Ready. My parents are so massive. My family. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> Thanks all the support that we get from just everyone across the country. Thanks to all you guys. And see you in Paris on August 24th. I'm pumped. Oh, you should be. And for any of our listeners who are not following you on social media, where can they hit you up at? Where can they follow you on Twitter? Twitter is Vicky Mouse, V-I-C-K-I Mouse underscore i think i need to change that i'm working on it people have the handles that i want but that's it for now and then vicky vortex on uh instagram so v-i-c-k-i vortex awesome well thanks so much victoria we wish you the best of luck next next month we have no doubt in our minds that you are going to be successful ben you got anything else i got nothing thanks again all right well best of thank luck you to guys. you victoria Appreciate it. have a great time see you thanks for having me on see you All right, so there you have it. That was Victoria Anthony, rural team representative at 48 kilograms. What an amazing interview. I know I speak for both of us. She may be small in size, but let's face it, her wrestling ability is larger than life. 
I want to thank Wrestle Like a Girl and LuchaFit again for helping us bring Victoria on our podcast this evening. Hope you guys all enjoyed episode number 34. And as always, don't wind up on your back, bro.